Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Today is my 14-year-old son Riley's birthday. He's he's now the tallest in the family. Has a separate budget for food. Happy birthday. It is true. Just give him a chicken. He'll be happy. Or a steak. It's all good. Happy birthday, Riley. Just before I um, preach, I just want to pray today that God will do something amazing in this place. Lord, we just thank you for your word that is truth, that is powerful. I thank you, your word says, if we know the truth, it'll set us free. And I thank you, Father God, that today, Lord, your word will be active and will be living in people's hearts and lives. And as it is spoken, Lord God, that people wouldn't just hear it in their head, but they receive it in their heart. And I thank you, Father God, that you will break through every mindset or every stronghold and bring freedom and life. Thank you for your power that's in this place. Thank you for freedom that's in this place. And thank you, Lord, in advance for what you're going to do and about to do and what you're already doing in people's hearts. And we thank you, Lord, that you would have your way, that you would speak to our hearts and change our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. You can take a seat. The um, recently and this morning, especially, we've been. There's been a lot of people who have been sick, and uh, and recently that you know, if we were to ask, you know, who needs prayer or you know, prayer for needs, the biggest response we've been having is people are unwell for colds, for flus, for things that are you know more serious. Uh, even when we've had response to the altar calls, that there's been the biggest response has been for people needing healing. Now. For myself, I prefer that wasn't the case. I would love the biggest response at the altar call to be for salvation. Not that we don't want to pray for people to be healed. And not that we don't want to, and we will always do that. We want people to be healed. But healing obviously happens in our physical body while we're on the earth. But salvation is eternal. And people need salvation more than they need healing. Not to say that we don't want to see people healed. And we will see people healed and are seeing people healed. And today I want to follow on, though, from my communion message last week when I talked about healing. And uh, and I want to talk about, and really the title of this message is that Jesus is the healer. Jesus is the healer. I want to read you some scriptures. And I just believe today that as I read the word that it's going to really shift some mindsets. It's going to show you how you can be healed because some people don't know how to be healed. And how, and how to receive healing. And I just believe that God's going to just transform people's lives and people are going to receive healing today. But they're, going to, they're going to be able to pray and heal and pray for others and see healing. And God's just going to do amazing things. So I just want to read you. There's going to be quite a few scriptures. And I encourage you to write these down. And I encourage you to read them later on. And most of the scriptures will be in the Amplified version of the Bible and they'll probably throw up on the screen as well but I encourage you to write them down so you can have reference to them in Isaiah 53 4 to 6 it says but in fact he bore our griefs and this is talking about Jesus in the future by Isaiah in the past was speaking about Jesus and he has carried our sorrows and pains yet we 
ignorantly assumed that he was stricken, struck down by God and degraded and humiliated by him. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our wickedness, our sin, injustice, our wrongdoing. The punishment required for our well-being fell on him and by his stripes or by his wounds we are healed. And all of us like sheep have gone astray. We have turned each one to his own way. But the Lord has caused the wickedness of us all, that's our sin, our injustice and our wrongdoing, to fall on him instead of us. By his wounds we are healed, Isaiah said. 700 years before Jesus came. In Matthew 8, 16 and 17, Matthew writes, When evening came, they brought to him, that's Jesus, many who were under the power of demons, and he cast out the evil spirits with a word and restored to health all who were sick, exhibiting his authority as Messiah so that he fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He himself took our infirmities upon himself and carried away our diseases, in reference to the scripture we just read a minute ago in Isaiah. Then we go forward in time to 1 Peter 2.24, and Peter writes, He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross, willingly offering himself on it as an altar of sacrifice, so that we might die to sin, becoming immune from the penalty and power of sin, and live for righteousness, for by his wounds you who believe, you who believe have been healed. Isaiah wrote, we are healed. Matthew witnessed it happening and referenced Isaiah. And Peter said, look back and said, you have already been healed. The Bible talks about having three witnesses for something to take place. And right, what I read to you are three witnesses, Isaiah, Matthew and Peter, all witnessing and testifying that by his wounds, Jesus' wounds, you have been healed. It is already done. I've got three main points. We might get to four. Hopefully we get through as much as I can today. The first point is this, it's God's will that we are healed. It's his will because it's in his plan, just as salvation is in his plan, and it was paid for on the cross. Now, if someone wants salvation, and they say, I want to come to Jesus, invite Jesus in my life, and ask him to forgive me, and I want to become, you know, into his kingdom, do we ever pray, Jesus, if it's your will, will you please Forgive this person. Jesus, if it's your will, will you please forgive me? And can I come in relationship with you? Do we ever pray that? Why don't we pray that? John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. Whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. We don't ask because we just believe it. We just believe that if I pray this prayer and ask him into my life, that I receive salvation. Now, salvation and healing were paid for at the same time on the cross. And healing is received exactly the same way. And it's his, God's will for you to be healed. Just as it's his will for you to come into the kingdom. So they were both paid for because it was part of God's redemptive plan then you could say then why isn't everyone healed 
I could also ask you then, why isn't everyone saved? Why isn't everyone saved? If salvation is, is salvation, did Jesus die on the cross for everybody's sin? Yes. And so, did then why isn't everyone saved? Because we receive salvation. Now, I would also say this, that some people haven't heard about Jesus' salvation and his plan. They don't even know who he is. There was, there'd be people in our city, whether we can believe it or not, that don't understand what Jesus has done for them. There's people, there's whole, there's whole cult, there's whole tribes in certain parts of the world that are being reached by missionaries, and there's some areas that have never heard the name of Jesus. There's people in the northern parts of India in isolated places that never heard who Jesus is and don't know. And so one thing is they haven't heard about it. Another way you could say is that people haven't heard about how to be healed, so they don't know either. But also... People, it's a, it's a choice. It's a, it's a free will. It's a choice to receive it. And some people have said, heard about it and said, oh, no, thanks. I don't want that. I just want to do life my way. And so it has to be received. So not everyone, you know, why isn't everyone healed? Why isn't everyone saved? Well, also, there's a few other reasons why people don't receive healing. Some people don't want to be healed. I've talked to some people who are Christians that have had a disability, and I said, oh, look, can I pray for you? And they're like, oh, oh, no, I'm okay. It's like, in other words, I'm comfortable in my sickness. I'm comfortable with this. I've, I've had it for so long. And, and so I can't force go, no, you've got to be healed. You can't. Don't you tell me. No, I, I, it's, it's cause, and God's not going to push, push in and go, well, you're going to, you know, he, he has the power to, you know, come and do a miracle in a moment if he wants to, but he works with our will. So I've talked with people that, you know, they said, oh, yeah, no, oh, maybe, I don't know if I want to be healed. And they're not sure. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'll just go pray for the next person that really wants to be healed. And so... And so some people don't want to receive healing. That doesn't mean that the door isn't open, they can change their mind. Unforgiveness towards someone will prevent healing. And I've heard quite a few testimonies. I've heard people speak in this church, guest speakers, and that talked about amazing testimonies where they had a family member that held unforgiveness towards them as a family member, and they had cancer. And so this cancer was in their body and they, and they were trying to reconcile and, and, and they ended up forgiving that family member and eventually that other family member forgave them. And the moment that he forgave his son, then the cancer started to leave his body and he was completely healed. And so there can be reasons why people don't receive healing and unforgiveness is one God wants us to be able to forgive others and I've seen other people that say oh no I can't do that I can't deal with that I can't forgive and they they dealing with stuff and torment and things in their body and it's God's saying well I want to deal with the unforgiveness in your heart so then healing will automatically flow as a result of that faith in the wrong person will prevent healing people are going oh no I need this I need this evangelist I need this Minister to heal for me. I need that person to pray, pray, pray for me. And if that, if that doesn't happen, well, I can't be healed. Well, no, there's only one who heals. And it's not me. It's not Pastor Ross. And it's no one else in this building sitting here right now. I tell you, it's only Jesus. And so, yes, 
and we and I'll touch on this later briefly. Yes, people, there's an anointing. It's a gift of healing that does come upon people, and upon a person, and then they see more people healed. But it's still not that person that is the healer. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. And so don't put your faith in the wrong place. Or don't put your faith, oh, it has to be done this way. Or it has to be done that way. There's many ways to be healed. There's many different ways Jesus heals people. Jesus alone is the healer. Not to say there's also that God also used our medical field to do amazing things and to help many people but God works through people and they've learned things in people's bodies so now they've developed medicines and things that do help people God uses that as well but there's some diseases and illnesses that are incurable and things that they get to the end and go I just can't we can't do any more for that person but Jesus can step in and heal that person in a moment the other thing is that some people believe that some sickness or disease is harder to heal than others you might have a migraine headache. Oh, yeah, God can heal that. Jesus can heal that. And I've got faith for that. And then, but someone might have cancer. And they go, oh, oh I think it's too hard. You know, this is hard. And I can't read. See, I, I read the Gospels and I see Jesus speak a word and raise someone from the dead. And I see him speak a word of someone had a fever on a bed and they raised up the same way. For Jesus, it is not too hard. It's like, oh, this is a tough one. It's like, Jesus, oh, you're a tough, oh, that's pretty bad. I'm going to think about this for a while. I'll come back. I just have to work myself up a little bit. You know, it's, 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 not, it's very easy for him. But that's our own thinking can stop us thinking, oh, this is, I, I've got to have extra faith. Do you have, does the Bible say you have to have extra faith? Does the, does the, does the cross distinguish what Jesus did on the cross distinguish? Oh, well, he, only, he only healed this, some, these diseases, these certain ones. This one's a bit harder. You need to, you know, it's a bit, or, or he just did this. Or just that. No, the, he just said he healed them. Whether, it was a, whether we think it was a small thing or a big thing or whether it was hard or not hard for Jesus, it was just, it's just he just spoke it and it was done. And so sickness, no matter what it is, can be healed by Jesus. A lack of faith and belief will prevent healing. And some people, and you, and you think, and some people, I have faith, but sometimes it's faith just in your mind. You're trying to work it out in your head, but the faith isn't in your spirit. Because healing is spiritual, and we receive it in the natural. And I'll talk about a bit, that, bit, bit about that later. We re- it's a supernatural. We receive it supernaturally. Because faith is spiritual. Faith is supernatural. So Mark 6, 1-6 says, Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth. This is talking about a lack of faith or belief in his hometown. The next Sabbath he began teaching in the synagogue and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas and Simon. And his sisters live right here among us. And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them a prophet is honoured everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief or because of their lack of faith, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. So the Bible doesn't say he didn't want to heal them. He couldn't because of their lack of belief. 
because of their unbelief, because of their lack of faith. They thought, oh, well, I know, you're just, you're just someone we kind of know and you, you, can't, you can't be the healer. And because of their lack of un, their unbelief or their lack of faith, he couldn't hear them. I'm sure he wanted to. And he laid hands on a few sick people and they were healed. But it's like, if you don't believe that this is real, if you don't believe that I have the power to heal you, well, then that's on you. I can't do anything about that. I can imagine Jesus walked away from that situation pretty sad. It says their last line, then Jesus went from village to village teaching the people. So it's by faith and belief according to God's word that we receive healing. Second thing is this, sickness comes from the devil and not from God. We live in a fallen world and sickness is a result of that fallen world when sin entered the world with Adam and Eve and we read about that in the word of God. But there's also sickness that, uh, that evil spirits will attach themselves to. That doesn't mean that every sickness has evil spirits attached to it. It doesn't. Okay? Some do. Many don't. And, that's, you can, and you learn to discern that. It's a gift of the Spirit if that's happening. But some do. And I'll just read a couple of scriptures to you. In Acts 10.38, it says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with great power, and he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Because God was with him. Who was oppressing them? Who, all who were oppressed by the devil. Healing all who were oppressed by the devil. So sickness is oppressive. Satan is the oppressor. Jesus is the deliverer and healer. Satan is the oppressor, but Jesus is the deliverer and the healer. In Luke 13, 16, it tells a story about a woman who comes to the temple who's bent over like this. And I've seen people walking around our town like that, and I think of this story. For 18 years, she's bent over like this. And it's a Sabbath day when they said you can't heal anyone. Jesus lays his hands on her and heals her instantly and her whole back straightens up and she's free and then he says and this woman a daughter of descendant of Abraham who Satan who Satan has bound for 18 long years should she not have been released from this bond on the Sabbath day he's challenging the religious leaders that said she shouldn't have been healed should have done another day but she, so it says, Satan, so that particular one, Satan had bound her up for 18 years and caused her to have this, you know, curve in her back or whatever it was. In a moment, Jesus just set her free. So sickness is oppressive. Sickness is also bondage. She was bound up. She was bent over, but Jesus set her free. And then John 10.10 says, the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. But he said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the, in abundance to the full till it overflows. And so the second point is that healing comes from the devil. It comes from a, the fallen world we live in. It comes from the sin. It doesn't come from God. So if, you have, if everyone says, oh, God's put this sickness on me, it's a lie. It's a lie. If, everyone's told, if, anyone, if you've, someone said, oh, well, it's not God's will to heal, it's a lie. It's not who he is. The third thing is, I want to talk about and spend some time on a few different things here, is there's more than one way to be healed. The first thing is that 
we can use the authority of the name of Jesus. And we can speak the name of Jesus and it brings life and power. It does more than just healing. It sets people free from all kinds of torments and, and strife and depression. It can do anything when we speak the name of Jesus because it carries authority. In John 14, 14, it says, If you ask me anything in my name, Jesus said, as my representative, I will do it. I will do it for you or I will do it. Now, if you look at the phrase... That end part of the word phrase, there's a word in Greek, and I haven't got the word with me, but the, the, the word uh, when it was translated to English came out as I will do it. A better translation in the Greek is this. It means if I don't have it, I'll make it for you. If you ask me anything in my name as my representative, if I don't have it, I'll make it for you. Shows... Jesus' creative power. That's why he can recreate a body part. That's why he can recreate your body if it needs to be recreated. So we can speak the name of Jesus. And the first sub-point in Jesus healing in different ways, God healing in different ways, is praying for one another. Praying for one another. This is not talking about just laying on of hands. It's just talking about praying for one another. So in James 5.16, it says, Therefore confess your sins to one another, your false steps, your offenses, and pray for one another that you may be healed and restored. The Bible says that when we pray for one another, we can be healed and restored. And it says the heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man or a believer... Okay, believer can accomplish much when put into action and made effective by God. It is dynamic and can have tremendous power. Now, does it say the pastor has to pray that? Or a leader has to pray that? Who can pray that prayer? A believer. Who's a believer here today? You're qualified. And so it says, pray for one another. There's a story, I want to share a couple of stories with you today, a story I heard recently, listened to, of a pastor in the early 1900s and uh, had a church in, a, in East Texas and uh, in a city, of, it wasn't even a city, a town of two or 3,000 people and a small town but had quite a few people in that church. And he pastored there for 37 years and he was speaking at a conference after he sort of uh, retired from that church and he's now probably in the mid-50s or so and he said that in 37 years we never buried a baby in our church. For 37 years, we never buried a child in our church. In 37 years, we never buried a teenager in our, from our church. In 37 years, we never buried a middle-aged person in our church. The only people we ever buried were elderly people who had lived a full life. And so he said, this is, and they said, well, how did that happen? He said, he said it was a small town, so people would hear about people who were sick. And he said, and he was talking about people, you know, there was, I don't know how many hundreds of people in that town were going to his church. But he said someone would hear about someone who was unwell. And they would, as a, as a meeting point, they would just go head to the church and they'd start to pray for that person. 
Okay, the person might have been at home sick or wherever they were, but they began to pray in the church of that person. And then he said, people, without even being told from the church, would just start to gather at the church. He said the Holy Spirit would speak to people and say, you need to go to the church and begin to pray. And so they would gather together and pray for that sick person. And enough people were coming and going. They prayed 24 hours, seven, well, it wasn't seven days, 24 hours a day. And he said it was never longer than three days every time that that person was healed because they prayed for one another. And so God calls us to say, if you're a believer, you can pray. We did it this morning. We prayed for people that are you know, unwell. They're not in church. They're, they might be at home. They might be in hospital whatever. And so we prayed for them today and you can do the same thing you can pray for someone they might live in another place another state but you can pray and God will heal hear your prayer the second thing is that we can lay hands on the sick and anoint them with oil and see them healed so in James 5 the verses before that one 13 to 15 says this is anyone among you suffering he must pray is anyone joyful he Uh, He is to sing praises to God. Is anyone among you sick? He must call for the elders or the spiritual leaders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And it says, And the prayer of faith will restore the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up, and and if he's committed sins, he will be forgiven. That's a pretty good deal. So when you look at the word here, sick, in, that, in this context, we, we, in the verse 16 we just read before talked about praying for someone, you know, we're not laying hands on them, but it's praying for them and they could be somewhere else. This one's talking about calling the leaders of the church or the pastor or wherever it may be and to come and lay hands on the sick. So when you look at the original Greek word for sick here, it means someone who is beyond helping themselves. So it's talking about someone who maybe is unconscious, so sick that they're unconscious or they're in hospital in bed, they're they're at home bedridden or whatever it may be, but they're beyond helping themselves and it says then call for those to come and anoint them with oil and lay hands on them so that it may be healed. Now, what is it that caused the healing? Is, is Is it the oil? Is it the leaders coming to lay hands on them that they get well? Is it the pastor? It says that the prayer of faith will restore the one who is sick. So it's the prayer of faith that brings healing. I want you to understand that. It's the prayer of faith that brings healing. We can hear that many times and we can go in our head, that's right. You've got to get that in your heart. It's the prayer of faith that brings healing. It's faith connected to prayer that brings healing. It's faith that's connected to prayer that brings healing. The prayer of faith. In Mark 16, 15, 18, he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed in me and has been baptized will be saved from the penalty of God's wrath and judgment. But he who has not believed will be condemned. These signs will accompany those who believe. Who? Those who believe. 
In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will get well. Those who believe, you are all qualified. If you are a believer in Jesus and you follow him, you are all qualified to lay hands on the sick and see them raised up. You are all qualified to pray the prayer of faith and see people healed. There is far too many people that are sick that aren't getting healed because we need to get active as a church and a body, not just leaders and pastors, but everybody as believers and lay hands on the sick and pray the prayer of faith and see them healed not just Christians but everybody these signs will follow those that believe I want to share a story with you this is a another story I heard recently it's a great story there's a there was two farmers husband and wife called the Fleglers Mr. and Mrs. Flegler also from Texas and uh, this is in the early 1900s. And they were in a small town in Texas. I don't know the name of the town. But uh, they offered, they met in church and a whole bunch of people went to church. Often they didn't have a pastor. They'd have a pastor sometimes. Then the pastor would move on to another church. And, uh, and then someone else would come. But so they said that sometimes up to 12 months they wouldn't have a pastor. And so they sort of, he sort of said, oh, so we just used to gather together and someone would do a message, someone would do communion, whatever it may be. And they'd gather together. But he said sick people would come. And, uh, and they thought, well, the pastor, we haven't got a pastor to pray, so we just need to pray. And so they began praying for anyone who was sick, and they just did what the Bible said. And they began to anoint people with oil and lay hands on the sick, and people were getting healed. And God started to really use uh, this farmer, his Mrs., Mrs., Mr. and Mrs. Flegler, um, with people being healed. And so one day, um, a local doctor who was a Christian, his wife became sick with cancer real, very badly. And uh, the doctor sent his wife uh, to New York and, uh, and to see if they had better hospitals and medicine and things. And they ended up sending her back to die. And so there's nothing more we can do. And he was sent back to, to die. And then, that, and then so she came home and then the doctor had heard of a couple of people, patients coming in saying, oh, we've got, we got the, the, the farmers out there, the flagers. They prayed for this person and they were healed. And, and, and they said, oh, well, maybe you should get your wife to, you know, pray for, you know, pray, get them to pray for your wife. And so he ended up calling them in and said, would you come and pray for my wife? And so they did what the Bible said and anointed her with oil and laid hands on her and she was miraculously healed and the cancer left her body. And so, and so then, after that happened, they, they, they also, that as that kind of, they said, as, as that happened, they said more and more people heard about it, and we were busy doing more praying for people than we were farming, and they had to get someone in to help run the farm, because they were people, who said, would you come and pray, and all this stuff started happening, they weren't pastors, they weren't even anyone significant, they just, God just started to use them in healing, and the, and uh, what happened was, is the doctor, this doctor whose wife was healed of cancer, uh, this doctor, if someone got really sick, or he'd do all he can medically for a person. Uh, but if it got to a point where the person was going to die, point of death or a time where they, he'd done everything he could do, he would look at them and say, if I was you, I would go see Mr. and Mrs. Flegler. 
And he said, my wife was dying of cancer and they prayed and God healed her and God healed my wife. And I believe God can do that for you. And so the doctor just sent anyone that was real bad, you know, like dying, and, uh, and to them. And, and Mr. Flegler said that, he said that nearly every single person, bar a few, I don't know how many, but a lot of people were all healed by God's power. And so there's a second part of the story. And so many years later, Mr. Flegler died. This is about mid-1950s now. Mrs. Flegler was 90 years old. And they was going to this, almost at the same church, but it was in the same area. And every so often she would come to church on a, on a Sunday night. And this particular Sunday night, many years later, there was a, a church and she was there up towards the front. And uh, at the end of the service, they had a prayer request. And this lady came forward and, um, and said, oh, look, can the church please pray and, and to the pastor and said, oh, we, the doctors told us that it's impossible for me to have children. We want to, my husband and I want to have children. And uh, would you pray that we can have children? And so Mrs. Flegler heard about this and she walked up at the end of the service and said, I would love to pray with you. And then, and then before she prayed, she gave a testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony of all the women she had prayed for who the doctors said you can't have children. And they all had had children and they all had, had children of their own. And so she prayed for this woman and then month, a few months later, whatever it was, she went to the doctor and she went to the doctor and saw him and said, I, I, I'm, doctor, I'm pregnant. And he goes, can you please um, test to make sure that I'm pregnant? He goes, it's impossible. It's impossible. You, you can't, it's in, your body, he said, your body, it's impossible for your body to become pregnant. And so, and so he said, okay, but I'll do the test. Did the test and he said, my goodness, you are. And he was shocked. And he said, but he said, he said, there's no way that your body's going to allow you to have a, a natural birth. Okay, there's no way your body's not going to allow. It's going to be too dangerous and there's no way that's going to happen. And she sort of stopped for a minute and she said, well, Mrs. Flegler said it's possible. And he said, oh, oh, well, that's different. If Mrs. Flegler said it, well, that... That's a different story. He said, when I was 12 years old, my mum had cancer. And Mr. and Mrs. Flegler played for her. And she was miraculously healed. And it was the son of the doctor's wife who was now a doctor. And seven or eight months later, or whatever it was, she, they prayed and Mrs. Flegler met with her again and prayed with her. And, he, and on the day... He pulled up the house and, and he said, this is going to be a miracle. Her, body, her body's still not right to be able to do this. He says, a miracle of God. And 30 minutes later, she'd had the baby totally fine, no problem at all. Just a farmer and his wife that believed the word of God, that if I lay hands on the sick, anoint them with oil, they will recover. They just believed it and God did it. You can do the same thing. God wants to use you the same way. 
God can also initiate healing all on his own. I know people that have walked into this church and other churches have heard stories where they've, in the middle of just a worship service, no one's prayed for them, no one's done anything. They've walked in and God has miraculously healed their body in a moment. God can do it himself if he wants to as well. There's also, as I touched on before, a gift of healing where God, and if you want to hear more about the, your spiritual gifts, you need to come on Sunday night to encounter and equip. And Pastor Ross has been talking about that. But there's a gift of healing that God will bring upon people. And if you ask for it, you can receive it, which is a gift of healing, which God will use someone to bring incredible miracles, increased miracles over someone's life. Also, you can speak a word of healing. It might be a word of knowledge. It's also a gift of the Spirit where God gives you a word about someone who needs healing. You can speak a word of knowledge and just speak a word and they can be healed. And I just want to read this story to you before we wrap it up with a couple other things. Matthew 5, uh, 8, 5 to 10 says, As Jesus went to Capernaum, a centurion, this amazing story, came to, up to him, begging him for help and saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed with intense and terrible tormenting pain. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied to him, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I am also a man, uh, a man subject to authority of a higher rank, with soldiers subject to me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those who were following him, I tell you truthfully, I have not found such great faith as this with anyone in Israel. And in verse 13, it says, Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, it will be done for you as you have believed. Done as you have believed. And the servant was restored to health at that very hour. Jesus spoke a word and he was healed. Why? Now, one thing about this, he said, This man has great faith. Not just faith. The woman with the, with the issue of blood reached out to Jesus and touched him of his go, um, garment and was healed and said, your faith has made you whole. But he said, you have great faith. He emphasized the faith. Why did he have great faith? He had great faith because he believed the word of God and he understood authority. He understood authority. He understood that Jesus was greater than the sickness. That Jesus had more power than the sickness. That Jesus had more power and authority over everything else around him. And so Jesus could just speak a word. And he said, if you just speak a word, it'll be done. And he wasn't even there to see it. He had to travel back to where, where, the, where his servant was. And he, when he got back, he was thinking, you know, oh, I wonder if it's done. I, don't, I haven't heard anything. And he would have got back and seen that the servant was totally healed. And he would have asked them, when did this happen? And he would have said, the moment, oh, that happened at this time. And it would have been the moment that Jesus said, go, it's done. Jesus spoke, spoke a word. You can speak a word. You might be praying for someone that isn't even, you know, not with them. They might be somewhere else or whatever. And you can pray and say, in Jesus' name, I speak healing. And in that, in that person's life, I speak it in Jesus' name, according to the word of God, according to the finished work of the cross, according to what all you, all you have done, Lord Jesus, according to all that you've done for us, I speak life and healing and power to flow. He had great faith. 
Psalm 107.20 says he sent his word and healed them and rescued them from their destruction. That word, word is talking about Jesus. In other words, Jesus was sent as the word of God to heal people. We are healed by faith in his word. We are filled by faith, healed by faith in Jesus. Now you might be thinking that how do I get faith? And I'm going to finish off with this. How do I get faith? How do I increase my faith? Romans 10:17 says, So faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the good news about Christ. So if you say, well, how do I increase my faith? I don't know if I've got faith to believe that I can be healed. If, you're not, if you need to grab the word of God, you need to get the word of God, you need to read it. You need to, read, you need to grab scriptures on healing and read it. The Bible says just not read it, but to listen to it. So maybe you've got to say it out loud and speak it out loud. And you've got to get it just not in your head, but you've got to get it in your spirit. You've got to get it. It's not head faith. It's heart faith. It's spirit faith. And the only way you'll get it in your spirit is by reading the Word of God. We're not healed mentally. People, the, the, you know, people in the world will try and heal people mentally through mental means. We're not talking about that. Jesus doesn't heal mentally. He heals supernaturally. He heals spiritually. It says in Hebrews 11:1, 1, Now faith is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen. The conviction, their reality, faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Some of you are trying to get your head around that. Faith is seeing something before you see it. In the physical. So you have to believe you are healed and know you are healed before you see it on your physical body. And if you try and work that out in your head, you'll give yourself a headache. Because it's received supernaturally. It's not received the same way a doctor administers healing with medication or a physical operation or something like that. Jesus does it through your spirit and you receive it by your spirit. So we've got to switch our mindsets from the natural to the supernatural. We're talking about supernatural healing, supernatural power, supernatural. It's faith. Faith is spiritual. You've got to understand that. And the only way to get faith, you say, I've got to build my faith. Then read the word. If you're not reading the word... If you're not reading the Word, then it's not going to work. If you're not going to read the Word, then you're going to sit there and stay the same. You've got to read the Word, know the Word, listen to the Word. Get the Word inside of you. And the Word will transform you. And the Word will build faith. And you'll, get it. you'll just know. You'll just know. You'll just know that the, the Spirit of God. You'll just know. You'll pray and there'll be a knowing on the inside. Because the Holy Spirit's power will flow through you. Because the Word has built faith inside of you. Healing is received spiritually and it manifests in the natural. God doesn't heal mentally. You need to know you are healed before you, in, the, in your spirit before you see it physically in your body. That is what faith is. Get faith in your spirit and not in your head. A lot of people, you can say, oh, do you, know, do you believe that? And they'll, and they'll, yeah, I believe Jesus can heal me and they'll be, it's all in their head. Yeah, I believe it. That's 
but you can't work it out. There's not a formula. Some people want a formula. Oh, I've got to, do I pray five minutes or do I pray seven minutes for healing? Do I, do I need this person? So do I need this person? Is God going to do it this way? Does someone have to anoint me with oil or lay hands? No. Does someone have to even lay hands on me? No. You can receive it just by someone praying for you. Can someone lay hands on me? Yes. Can you be anointed with oil? Yes. Can God heal you in the middle of a worship service if you reach out to him? Yes, he can. There's not a set way. Healing and the last thing is this. I hope I've stirred your faith today. Because a lot of people are sick that shouldn't be. We just, we've, got a, we've got a health crisis that needs a spiritual resurrection to happen in the middle, in our, in our nation, in our state. We've got to help with lots of people sick. And there's people, that, there's people sitting here that you can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. The last thing is this, that healing isn't always instant. Without going to all the stories, the 10 lepers that cried out to Jesus and said, Teacher, please have mercy on us. Please heal us. Jesus said, Go and show yourselves to the priest. And they weren't healed instantly, but it says that as they went, as they walked, they were healed on the way. Another blind man who Jesus spat on the ground made some mud, threw it in his eyes. Doesn't always do it the same way. Other, other times he just laid hands on someone who was blind and they were healed. This time he threw mud in the guy's eyes. And he told him to go and wash, wash out in, this, in, in a particular pool. Wasn't healed straight away until he went to that pool and washed his eyes out, then he was healed. If he went to a different pool, he would have been healed? No. Because you've got to do what God says. You've got to obey what Jesus says. You've got to do what he says. So he gave you specific instructions. Go do this. He gave specific instructions to the ten lepers and said, go show yourself to the priest. And as they obeyed and did what he said, they were healed. Other people were healed in a moment, instantly. Sometimes Jesus prayed for people twice to be healed. But all I know is this is that he wants people to be healed. That sickness doesn't come from God, it comes from the devil. And there's many ways he wants to heal you. And I know there's people sitting here today that need healing in their body. And you might be thinking, oh, you might have the faith to believe that yes, and we will want to pray with you today. Some of you sitting there, oh, I don't know if i ready to receive that. Maybe, maybe, you need to go and grab the Word of God and grab every scripture on healing you'd find and stick it on stick it notes on the toilet door and, and the, wherever you are in the, on the front of the fridge or whatever it is and just and put scriptures up around the house and begin to read it because it will build your faith. Because it will build your faith. You don't need a whole lot of faith. You just need to get it from your head and into your spirit. And, say, and, and, and healing is almost like just thanking Jesus for what He's already done. Say, thank you, Jesus, that I'm already healed. Thank you, Jesus, that you've already done it for me. And you're thanking Him for it already done. And then you've got to put word, you put action to it. And some healing, you can, you can start to walk if it's a, some kind of physical thing. Some of you need to go to the doctor and get tests to say that it's, it is healed. Whatever it may be, there's different conditions that God wants to heal. But I believe today that I'm sick of sickness. I'm sick of people being unwell. 
and I pray and, I, and the devil's had far too long a time of just tormenting people and affecting people and right now the word of God is much more powerful it's much greater and the word of God breaks off every curse breaks off every sin the word of God is powerful and effective it's living and it's active and today God wants to heal people and you need to come in with belief and faith. It doesn't matter if I pray for you, a pastor of you, and prays for you. We will, we will lay hands on you. We'll do whatever we want and agree with you in faith and release faith. But if you will come with faith in your heart, God is your healer. He is your healer. Jesus will heal you. Jesus is your healer when you connect your faith and respond to Him. So why don't you stand to your feet today? Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.